If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Alright y'all, welcome to Can't Call It, episode one. I got my boy Jay right here. Yes sir, and the boy Jay Kells, he's going to be the moderator. Yeah, we back in the building, back in the building. Your two favorite ignorant uh, LSU fans. Um, So, you know, call it like we see it, even though we can't call it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, So yeah man, we took a little break, kind of like LSU took a break this season. uh, You know what I'm saying, we back. Uh, coming fresh off this this Florida dub, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> they, they didn't want us to win, you know what I'm saying? They had us out. Uh, we got the 37-34 win in the swamp. I don't care if it was 20,000 people, it's still the swamp. Uh, man, the house Steve Spurrier built, man. The old ball coach. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into the, the, just the, the matter of the facts real quick. Uh, 37-34 win by LSU. Led by uh, Max Johnson in his starting debut. Three TDs, no picks. Uh, no. Chris Curry led the way with 64 yards. We're not even – whatever. Uh, Ty Davis-Price at 55. <laughs> Max Johnson at 52. Uh, John Emery was hurt. He did pick up seven. And I don't even know who the hell Josh Williams is, but he had three yards. Uh, I think we went to school with him. <laughs> Kayshawn Butte uh, led the way, led the way uh, receiving with 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jare Jenkins also had another touchdown. Uh, B.J. Ojolari forced two fumbles. Uh, Damone Clark led the team in tackles. We'll talk about him a little later. The hell? What kind of? <laughs> hey, we'll touch on that later. Yeah, Jay Ward and Jacoby Stevens also had uh, eight tackles apiece. Uh, Eli Ricks with another Pick six. Uh, that gives him four on the season. Uh, six ricks. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, man. Overall, uh, oh, and can't forget the 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 MVP, Mr. Cade York, four for four on extra points and three for three on uh, field goals, including the game winner, a 57 yarder in the fog. Uh, yeah, man. What you think, man? Man, look. After you read off them stats, it brings out the true nature of the game, man. And I'm going to say it once, and I'm going to say it again. This game was redemption. <laughs> you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of players, like you said, Damone Clark led the team in tackles, bro. I would have never guessed that. Since nah. how his play was so horrid against Alabama, bro. Like, I hate bashing, I hate bashing players. I I know they they that's somebody's child. No that's somebody's child. Yeah, that's somebody's kid out there. But man, number eighteen got his ass drugged against Bama. Man. <laughs> it was it wasn't no other way to put it. Ain't no sugar coat, man. Najee Harris is still scoring touchdowns. Man, tell the truth, Monday he shouldn't have shown up to the practice facility, bro. It was it was 
something that uh, the first 48 would have did a crime scene investigation on that. But for him to rebound the way he did, you got to say, bro, it takes some heart to do that, man. I think yeah. what what happened was that, that whole media coming after them, and you got uh, them talking about Eric Gilbert opting yeah. out, you know, and yeah. it's now it's national media where everybody's like, man, what's going on in Baton Rouge, man? It's a dumpster fire down there. That kind of galvanizes a team. I learned yeah. that word in seventh grade, been using it ever since. That and fisticuffs. Hey, you've been two of my you, favorites. You the dictionary king. You've been reading dictionary hey. words since we was kids, man. Hey man. Uh somebody gotta use these words, bro. Yeah. Before they die, you know. But uh same could be said about Chris Curry, man. When you say he led a team in Russia, that shocked me. I thought <laughs> for sure. It was anybody else that was a skilled player outside yeah. of Chris Curry, but he has seventeen. Uh, I mean, it was only three point eight yards of a rush, uh, but you know. Well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because I ain't seen him make any long runs. He doesn't have breakaway speed. He doesn't really have sideline to sideline speed, <laughs> but he is a serviceable back. Yep. That's what they say when somebody's you know falling forward. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, what I think, what I think, I'm not a true expert, but what I think occurred was the ability of Max Johnson to threaten the edge, open up running lanes for the running backs. Yeah, I think I think Ty Davis Price before he got hurt, he's about to start really eating. But uh, yeah, know. if you look at the stats, Ty Davis Price had eight carries for 55, so he was averaging seven yards a carry. Oh, and then yeah. Max Max Johnson was eighteen and fifty two, so he, I mean he had he was right there with Chris Curry, so that's Damn. interesting, man. He actually had the longest rush of the day at fourteen yards. Hey, why you say it like this, bro? White boy can move a little bit, man. <laughs> he can move a little bit. Oh, we definitely gonna talk about white boys moving when we get to signing day because I got questions. Hey, I know who you going to. <laughs> who you going to? The great white hope, Matthew Legoli. <laughs> I already know where you going. Let's stay on Florida real quick. I, we get there, yeah, man. I see what you dropping, man. <laughs> I'm picking up what you dropping, boy. Man, that's my favorite recruit. But we gonna get on him, man. We gonna talk about that. Yeah, but yeah, man, that uh. That Florida win, it shows the uh, the true future of the program because you had 26 freshmen and sophomores make impactful plays that game, mm-hmm. man. It was all over the board. Like like you mentioned, B.J. Argelari, who's been, I think, should be a freshman All-American. Eli yep. Rick should be a freshman All-American. Yep. Um, my boy, this is the cat don't, don't, that doesn't get enough credit for this, for his play in this game, seeing as though how he progressed through the season, Dwight McLaughlin mm, at, at mm. corner coming yeah. in with you got Stingley hurt, you got yep. Flock coming in and out. You know yep. what I mean? Like he, he Eli Ricks, exactly. He gave up a play or two, but he fought. He yep. fought. And he 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 battled and he 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 played his ass off. I gotta give him kudos for that. He, and you know what he did? He took on the challenge. He wasn't exactly. scared. That's all you need to do, man. That's all you need to do, man. Come out there and don't back down, you know? Yep. 
Same can't be said for uh, Darren Evans, the transfer from Nichols, but that's somebody's kid. That's somebody's man. child. That's somebody's, <laughs> that's somebody's child. kid out there, bro. He tried, though. He tried. Yep. <laughs> he gave it the old college try. No, nah, this ain't Sam Houston State no more, man. Nah, dog. You ain't... Nah. <laughs> nah, you know, yeah. you know what was impressive to me is you know, outside of what you said with, you know, the, all the media swirling around, you know, that Alabama game, that was, that was trash, dog. Like, the offense tried, you know, I give it that. Yeah. They, they ain't just roll over. But, uh, man, that game was ugly real quick. And uh, to go on the road after, you know, Joey Galloway is out here laughing in the, pre, in the, the pregame and uh, Jesse the Bachelor Palmer, a.k.a. Uh, the not as good Florida quarterback. Uh really? you know, he had his criticism. And don't get me wrong, we played like trash against Alabama. Like, let's not act like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't some warranting, but the amount of disrespect, like Florida was untouchable. I thought it was a bit yeah. a little bit much. Um I saw they had chinks in their armor, but I didn't think we would expose them. You know, well, what I, mean? I look like, at it like this. They they lost to AM and we actually probably should have beat AM. We only lost I mean a and M didn't look impressive when they played us. Nah, nah. Um, and you would think they would because that was supposed to be a revenge game for them. And we we drug them by the uh, by the weave last season. <laughs> so you think they would have some kind of extra incentive to run up the score, you know? But yep. they couldn't. Man, Kellerman is the he's the definition of uh, look like Tarzan, play like Jane type. You know, especially yep. in big games. I just don't see it in them. I don't yeah, see and, it in them. And, and it wasn't all pretty. Uh, you know, LSU got outgained uh, in the passing game, oh, 474 yeah. to 239. Uh, we actually yeah, outrushed man. them. Uh, what? Yeah, we, we 179 versus 135, which is where I thought Florida mm. messed up. I think they didn't run the ball enough. Um, we've, been, we've been suspect on the running game. And, man, Dan uh, Mullen gets too cute sometimes, man. Yep. Yep, I'll yep. say it. And, I'll uh, say it. I think where you saw the difference was we we let time possession thirty-one minutes, call it thirty-two minutes versus twenty-eight. And that's I, a recipe I, for winning. Yeah, on the road with a young team, you just gotta limit the amount of mistakes that they have the opportunity to make. Uh, and then we picked yep. up, you know, yeah, you might call it luck that ball bounced off of uh, who was that? Was that Jay Ward? No, Jay Ward was the one that caught it. Uh, mm-hmm. Bounced off, off McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah. Off and then Eli Ricks took advantage of a pick. Uh, I mean, we and we didn't make mistakes. Young Max Johnson didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he was 21-36, 239. I mean, nothing to write home about, but he ain't make no mistakes. Yeah, so, yeah. And when you do that, that's what, you got a chance. Exactly. And that's a perfect recipe for a serviceable win and uh, uh, – in hospitable confines, when you have, <laughs> when you have a team that's that young and you can't turn the ball over, you got to control the clock. You have to do the the small things to let you win at the end, and that's what that's what they did. Man, I gotta give it. I gotta tip my hat off to Coach O, yep. keeping everybody on the same page. I mean, honestly, frankly, now this he ain't nobody's kid. So, we can say that and probably gone. Yeah. But with that being said, he he had a decent enough game plan to
to cause four sacks, 13 pressures on a quarterback that was and before that game, he was leading the Heisman race. They was trying to give him he the trophy. He was the Heisman front runner. So do you think that yeah. do you think that Dan and Mullen he, was trying to win Kyle Trax the, the Heisman? Do you think that's what was going on? Oh yes. Two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. 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 He was giving him the T ball treatment at that point. Yeah. And uh it backfired on him. Yeah. And then he and then what we'll lets you know in an ultimate sign of hubris <laughs> was them sitting Kyle Pitts for this game, bro. Like, yeah. Come on, when they when they openly said was. if this was the SEC championship, he'd be playing. Like, come on. Well, damn it, you playing for a national championship. Play him. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm the defensive coordinator, if I'm the coach, the head coach, and I'm finding out before the game, I'm betting the whole team, though, in the locker room, hey, they set their best player because they think we don't need them. Yep. Man, that's the ultimate slap in the face, man. Yep. I'm going after somebody's mama after that, for real. And, and what I really look at is, you know, Malik Davis and Kadarius Tony, they both averaged 11 yards a carry and 18 yards a carry apiece, but they only had 10, 10 carries. Ooh, so that, that lets yeah. you know if they would have stuck with it, there was yards really to be it. had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. This is all true. But, you but know, like I said, we talking about Mullen. Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, dog. <laughs> Dan Mullen. Like, he has a vendetta against certain coaches. Yep. You know, him and Aranda ain't going to get a drink together. He, nope. he liked to run up the scoring. But him and Bo Pelini was actually cool at they, their time shared together at LSU. So oh, okay. it's, a, it's a little, you know, uh, I mean, not at LSU, but just that their time as is, is compadres. So yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit of a. I don't know. I guess he was like, all right, LSU sucks. We ain't really got to come out with a real game plan. It was more vanilla, their play calling. And even though they outgained us, it didn't seem like they was sustaining drives like they normally would. Like, they put a beat down on Georgia. Mm -hmm. That was a clinic. But they had incentive in that game, you know? So, I just think big game damn Mullen just need to Step it up a bit, man. Hey, man. We'll see what they do this week. I wonder what they do this week against uh the machine that's Bama. Yeah. So I mean, I I, mean, I think no matter what happens, they flush their uh playoff chances down the toilet. But uh, yeah. it would be a nice dub if they could upset the machine, like you said. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All, all just, in all, I'm... though, I mean, four wins, one way, one win away from being five hundred. I mean. I, I, mean, I, I think that's pretty good, man, considering where, where the season started. And it's a, it's a long time since the Mississippi State game. But uh, I kind of want to transition this into, uh, you know, National Signing Day because – and, 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 and the reason I want to do this, and this is where, I, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Jarvis is a, was on Rivals when it was on Netscape Navigator. <laughs> um <laughs> So I actually want to start here. Um, Max Johnson just got his first win as a starter. We've seen action from TJ Finley this year, who's looked good at times. Miles Brennan, who we forget played, you know, the first three games, was actually on pace to have like a 3,000-yard receiving uh, passing season, uh, mm -hmm. who also has two years of eligibility with the COVID uh, crisis going on. 
and we have this kid coming in. Nuss. Garrett Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer. <laughs> Where yes. what, what is our quarterback situation looking like for 2021? And then from there, we, we're just going to get into this, these recruits, man. But let's start man. with Garrett, bro. Yes. Yeah, so this is where Ed has pretty much taken a shine to uh, to what Les used to do. And, yeah. and so we're stacked in regards to future LSU quarterback play. For one – to pull the grand coup of signing two quarterbacks that are have bright futures in Max Johnson and TJ Finley. Like you said, Miles mm-hmm. Brennan was already on pace to have – I think he was going to have a, a season on par with what Mac Jones was doing. But, Bro, Miles Brennan still leads the team in passing, just for the record. Exactly. He has 1,100 um, yards passing and haven't played in, I don't know, this quarter. Man, look, he's, he's probably at Kings right now. Soaking it all in, man. But <laughs> what what that leads to is for you to go into a kid's living room and tell them, "Hey, now we're developing top tier quarterbacks. The guy in the uh, in the league now is a Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick. That's yep. our guy. You know, yep. even though he came from Ohio State, don't, don't worry about all we that. We brought him in. Yeah, we got stuff coming down the pipeline." I had to kiss my baby goodnight. But uh, well, the, the overall scheme is we got to get one every year. That's what the elite teams do. That's what Clemson does. That's what Ohio State does. That's Alabama now? Alabama does. You have to get at least one every year. And you're not going to hit on everyone, but you need to have an arm in the in the rotation every year. And so – for them to go out and get Garrett Nussmeyer, who doesn't have a prototypical size, but has above average arm strength, great accuracy. I'm looking at a six, football. Six one, six one yeah. range. Which is, when you think about it, that's like the he, he has the stereotypical Big 12 quarterback type. Look, you got your you your know? your Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, exactly. Yeah, okay. And his dad is an NFL coach, so he has the, the, okay, the, okay, the mental pedigree to be able that's, to. That's that's a Joe Burrow uh characteristic. Exactly. So I like Nussmeyer a lot. Now we were also in the runner for Caleb Williams, who signed with Oklahoma, but that just lets you know the aggressiveness of. Coach old staff to get quarterbacks into the program because that's recruiting is the lifeblood of the program. But you got to get that one position. If you get that one position locked you gotta down, get it right. Everything else could pretty much fall into place because typically when you get a top tier quarterback, they can also recruit for you. Talk to these other top guys in the country and say, "Hey, I need you to come block for me. I need you to come catch these balls for me. I need you to play defense." And get me better in practice, you know. Yeah. And so, that's why you see them being the Pie Pipers, not R. Kelly like, but Pie Pipers, <laughs> are these top classes. And so, Nesmar did that for LSU when he, uh, when he was the lead cat and getting everybody to come on campus a couple months ago, right. when coaches couldn't do that. We couldn't have official visits and everything. He right. was that guy. He recently did an interview where he was talking about he was going to roll with Mason Smith, which is mm. huge. 
Mm. You know, so I just think that guy will eventually be, if if not even a starter, just a leader behind the scenes for the program. You know, okay. and that's 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 good. That's what you need. You need high character guys that are going to be able to lead you on the field and off the field. And when I look at the class in general, I'm looking at most people complaining about one offensive lineman being signed. Yeah. But think about this. We have 19 signees. That leaves you six spots. And how we been able to have hits in the transfer portal. Mm. We've been able to sign, you know, uh, cats that already graduated that want to, you know, continue yep. on. I think it's got a plan. I'm not okay. saying it's going to be perfect, but I think he got a plan. I mean, everybody else signed 23, 24, yep. 25. Yep. We got six spots, man. I think that Keep bowl's well for Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, everybody knows we want that big cat in Virginia, Tristan Lee, to uh, come be a tackle for us. Because if you're going to compete, you do need linemen. You do need yeah. elite linemen to be able to block. Because um, I'm going to tell you now, man, them ain't slowing down. Did you see their class? Number one class, right? The, the, the thing that trips me out is you can have a number one class. The class is between ranked between one and five. The only difference is your hit rate in regards to getting them on campus, keeping them on campus, and then becoming eventual starters. Right. And the thing is that that the little caveat that Saban is ahead of the curve on a lot of things, but he did this with this class. He had 24 signees. All 24 are going to be early enrollees. Mm, so you think that's about big. That's big. COVID, exactly. You think about what's going on with this COVID new football landscape. You got kids starting school in a couple weeks. Yep. January January 9th, I think, is when they start getting on campus at LSU. If it's a similar date for Alabama, I mean, they probably won't be able to get much of the uh, college field, but they're going to get the college field of the football program. They're going to be well indoctrinated to what Saban wants, how he runs things, and so you got twenty four of them. That's that's a that's a leg up on everybody else. And that's that's big. So uh, that's real quick, real quick, I just want to paint the picture. You know, according to you know these all these rankings are a little bit different, but uh, you know we. Most places got us as the number three right behind uh, Alabama and Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. We got uh, – it, it depends. Some say 19, some say 20. I'm not sure, you know, who's that difference on that one person. But uh, eight kids from Louisiana, three from Mississippi, uh, two from Florida, two from Texas. And then this is the interesting part I found. We had a kid from Alabama, a kid from California, a kid from Georgia, Maryland. Michigan, mm-hmm. Ohio, Pennsylvania. Uh, you got one quarterback, two running backs, five receivers, uh, offensive linemen, four D D linemen, four linebackers, four defensive backs, and it looks like did we get another kicker? Uh, another yeah. punter, another punter from, from, West, from yeah, West Monroe. From, from from the West Monroe, yeah. man. That's that's uh Peyton Todd, man. Yeah. No one. No one point punter in the country dude is getting 
close to six seconds of pure hang time is huge when you think about flipping the field, man. But so yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm gonna let you just kind of run with it, man. Just give me some. Nah, I want to hear who your favorite recruit is. I oh, oh. <laughs> so you know, me being the guy that I am, I'm I'm scrolling through, and LSU has a. You know, we have a wonderful uh, graphics and uh, video team at LSU, and I'm going through Instagram, and I'm looking, and there's this, you know, this white kid, Caucasian child, uh, <laughs> named Matthew, and I was like, okay, that's cool, but and I'm looking at his position, and it said DB, and I said, could it be? Could it yeah. be? Yeah, a white yeah. DB. Yeah, not Jason Seahorn. No, not no, no, Jason no. Seahorn Jr. No, 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 no. From no. New Roads, Louisiana. We present to you Matthew Langloy. <laughs> man, man dog. He's but he's a he's a legit dog, man. If you watch his, you know they do the cutups. Yeah, I wish I get full games, you know, because then you can really see if somebody takes a playoff here and there. But you can tell this guy gives effort, and he's not just what they say for a typical white athlete. Like, he brings his lunch pail. He has a high motor and, <laughs> a you good know, IQ. all this stuff. A good <laughs> IQ. No, this kid is a real athlete, man. And he can play what I think a center fielder type safety position, which will bode well when you have Sage Ryan and Derek Davis Jr. that are more of your traditional type of boxing and nickel safeties, you know, so – we can actually play all three at the same time in the future, you know, and that lets you disguise your defense, whoever's calling it, and be more uh, versatile. So I think it's a great pickup. I think he's a great, great signee and uh, will build some some structure for us. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, uh, one kid is getting the most hype, uh, obviously, is uh, Mason. Um, oh yeah! Give, give me, give me a little, little insight on him. Well, man, he's the number one player in the state for a reason, bro. You can't coach size, you can't coach that type of athleticism. It's just God given. Only God makes so many people like that a year, um, and he's elite when it comes to the measurables and also the immeasurable. Man, he's like that. He's a, he's a, he has that leader type of quality to him, but um. It's a perfect fit for what Coach O wants and that we're trying to get to a traditional 4-3 defense. You need tackles like that, man. That's why he was so in love with Auburn's defense a couple of years ago when they had Derrick Brown and Big mm. Cat, guys like that. We're getting more towards an SEC-looking defensive line, and Mason Smith is a big piece in that. Now you have Jaquelin Roy and uh, – I'm going blank right now. Who's the other big guy? Guillory, Jacob uh, yep, Guillory, yep, and yep, all those yep. guys. I mean, now you got two classes of – we got some big boys now. I mean, and today we just signed uh, Bryce Langston too, so that helps, you know. Okay. We got some, we got some, uh, some guys now, some bodies that when they get off the bus, we look intimidating again. You know, back in the day, we had Michael Brockers and Benny Logan, guys like that. It, yep. it was a, it was a, a couple years in there where we were kind of lean on defense, and now you got you got some some big boys that can move some people, 
and that that bodes well for the defense in June. But yeah, I like the big pickup. It, it also helps uh, the cosmetics when you get a big man from South Louisiana. Your coaches from South Louisiana and coaches big men on defensive line. Right, right. And he would have missed, and he would have went to Bama or uh, USC or Miami or something. It would have looked horrible uh, for the national headlines. So, kudos, Coach O. Big pickup. I think he's going to be a future star. Um, probably won't be as productive number wise as you would you would think just looking at him, but. He's going to be an impactful player on defense. For a defensive lineman to be productive, they don't have to put up big numbers. They just eat up blocks and cause a presence, cause a ruckus. So I think he'll do that in this zone for the Tigers in the future. Man. So, uh, hold on, bro. Just for the people out there, I've been watching these Matthew Langlois highlights, dog. This man is getting tackles for losses, pass breakups, yes. picks. Yes. And he's switching the field, bro. Like, he taking these mugs to the house. They're not just picks. That's what I'm saying. I see center fielder type play from him. And that's a perfect fit with Sage Ryan, the other five-star in the class, who could play like a nickel, nickel safety type role. Derrick Davis Jr., who's from Pennsylvania, could play more of a high box safety. And that's great because, like I said, you look at the teams now that are coming out five wide four wide almost every snap, you have to be versatile enough to say, okay, we bring the pressure from here, we bring it from there, we bring the safety out of the box, bring it one high, two high. You have to be able to switch on the fly. You know? yeah. So that was a great, great pickup. I love the kid. I love his ability, love the range he has, and I think he's a good fit. I think he really is something that Bill Bush and Corey Raymond can use with the uh, other DBs and make us more versatile. That's what we really need, some versatility. Oh, there. yeah. Well, no, uh, now, I thought this was interesting, man. We, we've, uh, the past couple of years, we've been pretty loaded at receiver, man. I know people want to say Bama had best collection of receivers. I would argue last year, I think we had the best collection of receivers overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no bias. Four... No, five receivers in his class, man. What 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 do you what's your thoughts on that? I think it's it's a crowded room, but it's well needed. You have to think about Jare Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, some of these other guys that'll be gone in a year or two. You have to replenish them with some talent. Yeah, you know, Ch- chasing um chasing Marshall Lagone, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So you have to Racing get... McMath is is gone. He's a senior? Yeah, he was senior, man. I think he's been a senior for five years now. Racy McMahon's been in the program for a minute. He, does, does he come back next year with these COVID restrictions? But I think not he should. I think being he that he didn't be a, he wasn't able to put on the show. Yeah, I think he should, but he, even with LSU. Say say he <laughs> does, let's say he doesn't. Um I'm looking at the roster. I mean, he's the only upperclassman you have. Other than John, well, now John Trey Kirkland's a senior too, so he's, yeah. he's probably gonna leave or whatever. I mean, you look at it, you got a lot of a lot of young boys on this team. But Trey Palmer's and your uh, Jare Jenkins, like you said, you, and your Kayshawn Boutes. Yeah, you need them because say you say you don't hit on, you only sign three. Mm-hmm. Say you only sign three, you only hit on one or two then that's almost like you burning two spots because 
And receiver, you have to have multiple. You it's almost like uh back in the day when you had to have four running backs, you know. Right. Nowadays you gotta have about seven or eight receivers that are really good because one guy gets hurt, yeah, they may all play some interchangeable spots at times, but you can't bank on that. And you gotta be able to also be multiple when you come out on offense in regards to where guys are lining up because I may put one guy in the slot consistently. Now you're starting to pick up tendencies if you're mm-hmm. defense. So you have to be almost interchangeable and let guys kind of rotate in and out and, and keep the defense on their toes. You can't have one guy come in and all he running screens all day, you know. So I think them signing Chris Hilton, Deion Smith were big. Losing JoJo Earl to Alabama hurt a bit, but you could tell uh, – Coach O and uh, Mickey Johnson had a backup plan when it came to Malik Nevis. I don't even want to consider the kid a backup plan. I just can say they they said, okay, looks like things ain't going to pan out. Let's just be be honest, man. In recruiting, you know, this is all a crapshoot. But there's obviously some kids who stand out more. But, I mean, really, it's up to the kid once they get in. I mean, Mm -hmm. JoJo Earl might, might be the next, you know, uh, the next great Alabama receiver. He, we might not hear from him again in five years. We, we you never know. Um, I hope it's the latter. But <laughs> <laughs> he's somebody's kid. That's somebody's child. You know, I wish him nothing but the best. I don't want to see him like uh, Delonte West out here, nothing like that. Again, that's somebody's child. But yeah, somebody's um, you know, you just never know a recruiting. So I, I think the the more is better in some instances. Mm-hmm. Um, because injuries happen. I mean, you know, how many times have we heard about a kid who's like the number one player in his class and never could get on the field, man? So, Booby Miles, man, yeah, just watch Friday Night Lights and you see Booby crying his uncle card. You don't want that to happen, nah, dog, nah. So, I mean, overall, man, do, do you feel like you know, Coach O still has this program in a with the arrow pointing up at this recruiting class, man? I think his strategy is be as flexible as possible. You mm-hmm. know, like, he understands these kids committed, you know, and they say they coming, and last minute they may be a double agent and sign somewhere else, or they just may get cold feet. And so that's why I think you see almost every year he leaves about four or five spots open. And I, I've heard a lot of criticism, like, we – we all know about tiger droppings and those mm-hmm. people that post on it. But you also have to commend them in the sense that he has foresight to know, okay, I just can't sign 25 kids and expect all of them to be hits, you know. And so I think that's part of the reason why we kind of struggled this year. When you look at that 2018 class, um, that class, I think, was kind of detrimental to us in the sense that a lot of those kids are not on the team anymore. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't bode well for you when you don't have juniors and seniors that you can really kind of lean on when times get tough. I mean, we did sign Terrence Marshall that class and Jamar Chase, but after that, you got Kelvin Jones transferred out to Kentucky. Jarrell Cherry, mm-hmm. who's in the program but hasn't produced. Chasen Hines, who's been playing on the offensive line but still hasn't budded into the star you thought he would be. And necessarily, he was an offensive lineman 
for you, but in defense, defense alumni in high school, you got Travez Morris, Juco guy that just never really panned out. Um, Michael, Michael Baskerville, he's been shining, but not consistently, you know, and, and Davin Cotton is not with us anymore, but Dar Troy Orr, who played, but was like a sixth swingman off his line. Like, you can go on and on through that 2018 class and see that it's not as productive as you would hope a class to be at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you backdoor it with trying to get as many hits as possible. And I think what they've done is they've been a little more thorough in their process of who they want to sign and how they get them into the program and trying to keep them in and retain these guys because that's going to be a big issue in regards to the portal. The portal is becoming a free agency more and oh, more every yeah, year. Man. And with how we have what a self-implemented scholarship reduction and all this going on with the NCAA sniffing around, you got to really hit on every single scholarship right now. And I think this class even though we don't know how it's going to pan out in the future, I think most of these guys are high character guys. Most of them are guys that wanted to be at LSU and they want to be productive at LSU. Yeah, man. Not, not necessarily looking towards, oh, this is just a stop gap for me before I get to the league, which we, which you could have seen a little bit in some classes in the past, you know. Yeah, I think that's the one cool thing about college football still is you have the three years minimum that these kids have to stay. So as opposed to your college basketball, you actually can still, you know, see the growth of these kids. You know, you hear about them as recruits. And then now, I mean, the way the game has changed, these kids are playing a lot of times they freshman year. And I like the rule with, you know, they can still redshirt and get some playing time. And, you know, you can see these kids three, four years and like really develop um, as opposed to college oh, yeah. basketball where – you know, if you miss the first half of the season, you see the tournament, you're like, oh, this kid's pretty good. Oh, shoot, he's in the league now. So, um, it's going to be interesting, man. I, th I think this is where, you know, Ed has always made his bread and butter was the recruiting game. So, I, I think it's a good setup for, for the next years to come. Um, and I'm excited oh, yeah. to see what these kids can do. Uh, yeah, man. We'll revisit this class in three years and see what, what they did for the, for the oh, team. Oh, yeah, man. So, yeah, man, let's, let's transition over to this Ole Miss game, man, before we get up out of here. Uh, Ole, Ole Miss. Piss. Ole Piss sitting at four and four. Uh, like I said earlier, Tigers got a chance to, I, I feel like, somewhat redeem the season by going five and five and finishing 500 after, you know, two, two three months ago, the sky was falling. I don't, I don't think it's all uh, sunshines and rainbows, but I think if we finish five and five, I think – you know, if you ask any Tigers fan after a magical season last year, uh, COVID striking, all the opt-outs with, uh, you know, Jamar Chase and uh, number five from Port Arthur, what's his name? Kerry uh, Vincent Jr. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it Glenn Logan? Then he came back. Uh, we had injuries. Uh, Derek Stingley hasn't been able to really stay on the field. Miles Brennan got hurt. You know, this last game we had, what, 50 scholarship players that traveled and then we finished with less than that. Um, I think all in all, man, I think 500 is about about what you can ask for, man, for an all-SEC schedule. I mean, ooh, what do you think, man? Man, 
is this 2020 has been the weirdest year uh in college sports history not just football just yeah. sports in general and to go five and five out there at one point i didn't think we were going to win another game you know <laughs> to be honest with you and it was early in the season especially it was man, looking bleak you you know when i text you at halftime of the Auburn game i was like i don't see it i just yeah. don't see it and to bounce back from that that might be i wouldn't say it is going to get coach of the year for for this no. but Somebody should hey tell them like bro, I don't know how you did it, but you were able to get these guys to play together at the end of the season, which is yeah. commendable on its own. But I I hate to say it, man, I still think Ole Miss has a, a swinger's chance oh, yeah. of, of pulling this out and beating us, man. We get in four and six easily because uh-huh. if anybody can get an offense. To score points and score points consistently, Uh-oh. it's Lane Kiffin. Lane Runway Kiffin. Man, the pain train Lane can cause some plays, man. Lane, He's, I got fired on the runway Lane Kiffin. Man, he can call some plays. He's a play caller's play caller. You oh, know? yeah. So and, uh, catch me up, man. I mean, I don't know about you. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't watching no Ole Miss games this year. Uh, I'm, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the roster. I see John Rice Plumley still on the team, but he ain't really played. Looks like Matt Corral is so, there. Yeah, their yeah. Guy. And Corral has a live arm. He's also thrown six picks in one game. So okay. But if there's any, uh, it's it's if there's any way. For uh, Lane Kiffin to exploit you, he will use it and abuse it. And I think right now this is the game where we're gonna have to have real good eye discipline. If you ever seen uh, Lane Kiffin call a game for like Alabama or even if was it Florida Atlantic or Florida International, he's at one of them schools. One of them. One of them. One of, one of them schools that had nothing to do with <laughs> a directional school in Florida. He's at one of them. Uh, his play calling has always been real deceptive. Everything looks like like he'll make a play look like another play, and mm-hmm. it breaks a completely different way. And that's what's been killing us. That's what Mizzou did to us, you know, yep. on a smaller scale. So hopefully they've learned their lesson, and the defense is able to step it up a bit. I really hope Stingley's able to play. If that would not, be nice. It's going to be. I'm gonna have to see Dwight McLaughlin grow some more. I'm gonna need uh, Eli Ricks to stay locked in. And uh, yeah, man, I'll be dropping the ball at the one yard line. Uh, give him oh, like, peace man. time, man. Just, just get an end zone, dog. Get an end zone. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to rely on Emory and Curry a lot this game. I just think the running game is how we're going to be able to keep their offense on the sidelines, chew up some clock, and uh, dominate time of possession because their defense sucks. I'm gonna be, They've always sucked on defense after they lost the Kim Dage brothers, but no land shark has been circling nah. around these waters in a minute. Nah, not at all. Uh, I, I, I was reading that they're going to be missing two of their uh... – Two of their offensive players, uh, Kenny Yaboa, the uh, tight end, is going to be out. 
And I think their leading receiver, Elijah Moore, is going to be out as well. You can opt out at Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know hmm. about opt out. I think they just they inactive. I don't I don't know what the actual. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the actual yeah. title is, but yes, I mean that's. I mean, I don't wish no injury on nobody, but I mean that's something to look at. I yeah, mean, somebody's kid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Moore is a 1,200 yard receiver with eight touchdowns, and Yaboa has six TDs as well. So that's your two top. TD leaders right there, so yeah, boy, yeah, boa. Yeah, I just, I, I just still, I think after seeing John Reese Plumley, is it Rice or Reese? Uh, it, it, it's that? Rice. It's Rice. It's Rice. I asked my white friends. It's Rice. Oh, okay, you confirm. It's, it's a base. Yeah, there's a baseball player named uh, Rice that spells it like that. So ah, makes sense. Now that like, I don't know, man. Ah, oh, that ain't that ain't ethnic. That's that's clearly white. <laughs> nah, it, but it, uh, it's Caucasoid. Yeah, yeah. But uh, after seeing him gash defense last year, I'm yeah. always kind of scared. You know, if I was Lane, I might just put him in just for this game. Yeah, you should. I mean, you ain't got nothing to lose, man. Yep. I mean, they boys edge and uh Lane, but. If you're on the other sideline, I'm calling plays. You got to get this work. You until you, you, you stop it. <laughs> you ain't stopped it yet. I ain't stopped it last year. You're gonna get it this year. I mean that little better. That's what friends teach you those, each other lessons too. You yep. know? We ain't gotta back off and take so, our foot off the pedal. All right, so uh can I get a prediction out of you or what? Man. Dang, I ain't no betting man, but all right, we playing Max Johnson at quarterback, John Emery running the ball. We ain't got no ball game. Nah, so this is the last game of the season, no matter what. Yeah, so I see uh, 31-17. Nope, nope, nope. That's halftime. 30. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to say – 42 to 31 LSU. Okay. And the game's at home, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, that don't mean shit. Nobody's there but them cutouts. (laughs) (laughs) In front of all 15 people. I keep seeing Joe Burrow there in them cutouts, man. Man. (laughs) Same cats. Yeah. So the more I look into it, it looks like Moore and Yaboa actually uh, opted out to start training for the NFL. So uh, I think that I puts a little, can. I think that puts a little uh, dark cloud on the Ole Miss, and they might just be looking forward to next season. I don't know. And I think LSU is going to be playing an inspired game after that yeah. that big victory in the swamp. Uh, but I also think Ole Miss is going to put up points. So I, I could definitely see this one in the forties. I can see like a, a 42-39 type of situation. I don't even know how you score 39, but that's Ooh. what I'm thinking. That's like four field though. No, nah, that's damn. That's Look, man, I told you. Don't, don't ask no follow-up <laughs> questions. Dog. I don't know how you get 39, <laughs> but 39, dog. That's what I'm going with. That boy's like 13 field goals. <laughs> if anybody can do it, Lane Kiffin can do it. So Hey, if we hold them to 13 field goals, I'm cool. 
Can you hold somebody to 13 field goals? That's, that's considered holding somebody 13. You gave up 13 field goals. Hey man, they gonna hold his L if they if they give up forty two. That's all that matters. But Straight up, thirteen field goals. That's a record. I'm willing. I'm willing to let that record break and then yeah, get yeah, Pelini his uh his suitcase. Man, I love Bo Pelini when he's not coaching us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well hold that thought. We gotta get to that one on the next podcast, man. Ah uh, uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, man. I think we gave y'all some some good content today, man. Um, you got you got anything you want to close out today with, or uh, got any any life stories? Or nah, just what they always say: don't forget to spay and neuter your cats and dogs. And, <laughs> you know, man. You, you getting the, you getting the COVID nineteen vaccination up? Hell nah, man. It end up looking like uh. I ain't even gonna talk about nobody like that. That's somebody's kid. I'm good. <laughs> Have me passing out like Wendy Williams. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, well, shit, man. That's all I got, bro. Uh, it was good, good catching up with you, man. You know. Yes, sir. As always, it, uh, this is your boy J Kill. Um, this your boy Jay Wright. You know what I'm saying? And as always, we can't call it, bro. We're going to catch y'all after this game. Do a little recap. Yeah. All right. Hey.